Welcome to BBC's weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired, challenged and encouraged by this week's speaker. For previous messages, go to our website at ballamvineyard.org or subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud. Hey guys, how delicious is this weather? I love it. I um, autumn's my favourite season. I love the transition of the fashion. So it's just um, it's great to see uh, some autumn fashion this morning. Some boots coming out. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Um, so today I am compl- concluding our little series that we've done on Isaiah 61, and um, so my chat today is called Naturally Supernatural. And if you'd just like to um, come back to the 80s with me and turn to, your, turn to Isaiah 61 in the Bible, just to shake it up a little bit. Okay, so I'm just going to read the first couple of verses. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the suffering and the afflicted. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to announce liberty to the captives, to open the eyes of the blind. If you'd all just like to put out your hands in front of you. Yeah, we're just going to ask Holy Spirit to come. Yeah. Yeah, Holy Spirit, would you come and make these words real to us? Lord, would we hear them like we've never heard them before? God, would you challenge us this morning? Yeah, would there be something that just rises up in us? Wow. Holy Spirit, come and teach us. Show us how to live, God. Show us how to be in Isaiah 61 people. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so um, you'll hear it talked about a lot that we are a church on mission. And um, I'm guessing that a lot of you kind of don't 100%, like, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a church on mission? And, um, you know, we do lots of things during the week. We have a job club. Um, we have bags of blessing. Uh, we're starting a cap course. There's lots of stuff that we do during the week. Um, but not everyone can be involved in that. Some of you work in the city. Some of you have other things going on. But the great thing is, is that we're all called to this mission. And it doesn't matter if you're only here on a Sunday. It doesn't matter um, how much how much time you can give to the extra stuff that we do. You can still join us on mission every single day. And um, I just want to read that scripture again. So, that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the suffering and the afflicted. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to announce liberty to the captives. And in that, it didn't say... Go out and get the captives and bring them in. 
It said, go, I'm sending you. I'm sending you with this good news. And this is, this is like one of my favourite things is that um, bringing the good news isn't about getting people to church. And um, if you grew up in the 90s, it was, really, it was a really big thing um, to get people to church. It was, um, I think that evangelism um, has had a lot of agenda in it. And it's been about trying to get people to church so that they can raise their hand and say a prayer. And then we can add another salvation to our list. But actually, discipleship is so much more than that. And God actually called us to be disciples. He said, go and disciple the world. And, and this, is, this is a huge mindset shift because it's not about getting people to come through those doors and say a prayer. It's about going out and saying and, and, and bringing hope, bringing hope to those who are mourning, bringing like just, just being real and seeing people. And, and this is the shift. This is the shift. This is the mindset shift. And um, yeah, I just want to read a, I just want to read a poem that I wrote called The Blind Army. And um, God was really convicting me about this um, when I was living in New York City um, a few years ago. And from that, I wrote this poem. <coughs> Walking down the streets of Manhattan, I insert two white speakers into my ears. These speakers give me the power to ignore salespeople, wolf whistles, and the begging of the poor. Two little speakers is what separates my world from yours. I walk past you without having to choose what I believe or pick a side. I don't have to support a cause, I can just keep walking and hide. But what I'm really believing is a powerless lie, that who I am is not, to, is not enough to make a difference in anyone's life. My speakers and I are the voice of indifference. We are this nation's greatest threat. Little did I know when I went for a walk today, I was being put to a test. But with my two little white speakers, I join. <laughs> I look back on Hitler's generation and judge Germany, how could you? But with my two little white speakers, I join the blind army too. It's not what I believe inside my head that will lead this country's freedom to its death. It's my ignorance that agrees the issues of the world have nothing to do with me. So I will take out my speakers and witness your cry and not avert my gaze when I look into your eyes. I will fight for connection. I will fight to know you and I'll reach out my hand for you to know me too. And this is a, this is a huge thing for us every day. I was, I was on the tube yesterday and I was feeling really ill and, um, and this pregnant woman came on and she was like real pregnant and, um, and no one was giving her a seat and everyone was looking at the people like in, in the pregnant woman's seat and they're, they're not moving and so I called out to her and I was just like, do you need a seat? And, um, and she was like, yeah, I really do. And so it really cost me in that moment to actually give up my seat because I was so not feeling well. And to be honest, like I got up and I went and stood in the standing section. I started crying. <laughs> but but it's, it's the little things that set us apart. And what I really want to talk about today is what does it look like to be naturally supernatural? And it's, it doesn't... 
think that being naturally supernatural is, is being aware, is taking out, you know, what separates us from the world and actually acknowledging people. It means getting, getting low, getting in touch with our humane side, you know, valuing people as souls. And um, I want to talk about, so when I, when I first um, came to London, I worked at the Shard as a receptionist there for about a year and a half. And I really loved my job. Um, it was like I, I prayed before I, um, before I got the job that I could work somewhere that was really fun in a cool building where I could get dressed up every day and I could influence people. <laughs> that was like, they were like my, my things on my list. And um, anyway, I, so I started this job as a receptionist and I decided that what I was going to do was I was going to really serve these people. So I was, I was working in an office of 150 people and it, guys, it was like Sodom and Gomorrah. It was like, like I'm not going to say raising hands if you've seen Wolf of Wall Street, but it was like that kind of deal. So um, it was a sales environment, lots of drugs, lots of drinking, lots of sexual sin, like just so much stuff was going on. Um, you know, you'd be, I'd be like chatting to a consultant whose eyes are going really weird. And I'm like, are you okay right now? He's just like, oh yeah, I just had some crack in the, in the toilets, but I'll be fine about half an hour. It'll really kick in. I'm like, right. <laughs> so <laughs> I immediately, immediately, as soon as I got in there, I was just like, I am on mission in this place. Like I am a missionary in this place. My, and my mission is to bring Jesus, is to bring the gospel. And um, anyway, so there was this one guy there who was a Christian, and, um, and I just thought I'd just play an experiment and just see how long he, it took him to figure out that I was a Christian. And um, so, <laughs> so I do all this stuff, like I, you know, just, just with really small things. I decided to learn everybody's name um, and just like really welcome people as they came in over the morning, just like really, you know, singling out the individual and just really loving them. And can I tell you guys, in a workplace, that is, that is like, that's revolutionary. Just to, just to, you know, go, I'm going to be a light in this place. And um, anyway, so I started doing this thing where I sent out a thought of the day every morning. And, um, and they were so like, I mean, so Christian, but like, <laughs> you know, but really, you know, full of hope, full of life. And anyway, um, I, I, one morning I sent out a thought of the day and it was a testimony and I called it a testimony and I, at the end I was just like, I just released this over all of your teams. And anyway, so Jermaine came up <laughs> after the thought of the day came out and he was just like, Georgia, I feel like you are either a Christian or you're a witch. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, yeah, never had that one before. Um, but anyway, so we got chatting and he was just like, um, mate, this place is so closed. Um, you know, this is like, this is really hard ground. And, um, you know, he's like, there are 150 people in this office and I've invited every single one of them to church. And I was just like, oh, well, step one. Like, I, I don't think we should be trying to get people to church. And um, he's just like, well, what do you mean? What? And I was just like... We're, Jermaine, we're supposed to be here to bring the gospel. Like, we're here. This is church. Like, you and I, we're a team. Like, let's just, let's fill this place with light. <laughs> and um, 
anyway, so I just, you know, kept on doing my normal stuff every day. And um, so there was this really sweet guy who was on Jermaine's team. And he, um, he, was, he had a really bad back. He just came to work one day, he'd hurt his back. And he literally, like, he just could not walk. So he was just, like, going around the office like this. And um, anyway, and I was in the staff room. And I was just, like... I just was chatting, chatting to him, his name was Lewis, and I just thought, oh, I've got an opportunity right now to pray for him. And guys, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, this is, like, super easy, and, you know, I felt super chill about it, because, like, inside my heart was just like, you know, you just know God is moving right now, and you get really hot, and it's just like, oh, my gosh. So, anyway, I just said, um, Lewis, just come over here for a tick, and I'm going to see what I can do with this back. And so I put my hand on his back, and I just said, peace. And he said, oh, are you doing Reiki? <laughs> and, and, I was like, and I was like, no, 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 Lewis, I'm doing something powerful. And, <laughs> and anyway, so I just said, peace, come. Peace, come. Come right now. Feel this body. Peace. Right now. And, um, and he, start, he started to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was saying to me, Georgia, there's a fire. There's a fire. There's a fire inside of me. And, and then he's got, he starts crying. He's like, the peace in my heart, the peace in my heart. And he's, and he's going, Georgia, you've got to stop. You've got to stop. I'm going to fall over. And at that moment, Jermaine walks past the Christian. And I'm like, Jermaine, I need to catch her. And he gets straight into position. He gets straight into position. And, and I'm just, and I'm going, Lewis, Lewis, this peace, this peace, his name is Jesus. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to heal your body. He wants to heal your relationships. He wants to be in your life. And, and Jermaine is just like, what is happening? And, and he's just like, we need to bring them to church so that they can have, and like, no, we're never going to get them to church, Jermaine. We're going to do it here. And so... <laughs> He, he stood up and, he, and his back just went crack, straight into place. And then, and, then, and then the reputation started. Like, if you've got anything going on in your body, go and see the receptionist. She, <laughs> she's going to be able to help you out. It's some sort of like it's a Jesus, Reiki thing. You, you just, you've got to go and see the receptionist. And... Um, yeah, and from that time, I mean, guys, I've got so many awesome stories from that time. Um, my, my boss, who was Muslim, gave her heart to Jesus um, because she, she encountered a God who loved her and was in every moment of her day. And, um, and then she wanted to come to church. And I wasn't at this church at the time. I would have brought her here. Um, but I was like, just, just, just keep on having this relationship for as long as you can. And then we'll take you to church eventually. <laughs> but yeah, we, we did actually end up going to Jermaine's church and it was the best day of his life. So... <laughs> no, it was so great. Like, we, we, we got her a Bible, we discipled her together, it was amazing. Um, yeah, so, so what I just wanted to say was, like, we are all called into this. And it doesn't matter how low your job is or how high you are you can be naturally supernatural because it's about meeting people where they're at. And it's about, like, 
so when I was working there, I, um, our director, Chris, was like a, he had a lot on his plate and it was a new job for him and he'd get really stressed out. And, um, and so like, you know, he was like high, like high up and I was just like the lowest rung in the ladder. And um, one, one day I just said to him, um, I just said, oh, how's your day going? And he was like, to be honest, I've got to find $6 million by Friday. This thing's happening. I've got a manager who's leaving. He's just really stressed out. And I said, okay, Chris, just pop your hand on your heart. Just pop your hand on your heart. And he's just like, he, he's like, George, this is a bit weird. <laughs> and I was like, just pop your hand on your heart. Repeat after me. Peace. He's like, peace. I invite you now into my body. I invite you into my heart. Come, give me your wisdom. Show me how to make decisions. And he just followed this whole prayer with me. And then every time he didn't know what to do, he'd come to me and he'd say, George, I need more of that peace. <laughs> and, and we can be so relatable because people actually need what we've got. And, you know, like religion is such a, it's such a dirty word and people have got so much defense about it. But if you bring love without an agenda, then, then that can break through any barrier. It doesn't matter who their God is. It doesn't matter what they believe. If you, if you go in with love and without any agenda to get someone to church or get them to pray a prayer or whatever your, whatever your thing is, you can cut through to what is real. And I just, yeah, and that, and that is our mission, guys. And we're all called to it. We are all called, and we all get to be part of this. And, okay, so one of the best things about this is when you're going through a really awful season in life, and um, just, just recently I was um, in exile in Australia for five months, and um, I was supposed to be there for three weeks getting a new visa, and they didn't approve my visa, and, you know, and then I was like, you know, at my mum's house in my hometown, sitting on the couch with her cat, thinking, what, you know, what has happened? But then I remembered that I'm on mission wherever I go. And um, so I went to the, to the only, like, job agency that is in the little town where we're from. And I was just like, do you have any temp work that I could do? And the guy was like, oh, we don't, we don't really do temp work around here, but I did get a phone call this morning about someone who needs someone in a car yard. <laughs> and I was just like, and what would this entail? And they're like, oh, you'd be helping the mechanics, you know, booking and all of their stuff and processing warranties. And I was just like, okay, great. So I ended up working in this car yard for four months. And if I was not on mission, I would have lost the plot. But I was on mission in that place. And guys, it was so powerful because all these people are so desperate. They're so desperate for truth and freedom. They're so desperate for their salvation. And I got to pray for the drivers and the mechanics. And there were some cars we couldn't fix, so we laid hands on them. <laughs> I was like, everybody, we need to lay hands on the car and just, and just see if Holy Spirit will tell us. And they all get into it because people are just, they're so hungry and they're so ready. And, and you might really be hating your job right now. You might brilliant that is the that is the perfect place for you to go on mission when you've got nothing to lose it's it's such a good place to go on mission and wherever wherever you are if you can't find the mission ask God to show you what it is and it might just be 
It might just be loving your boss. You know, they might be a real micromanager or something like that. But it might just be, and they might really, like it might really great with you. Ask God what you can do in that situation. And not to make it easier for you, but to love them. To bring the gospel of truth and hope to them. Because guys, we are Jesus' hands and feet. And we get to go into these places. What an honour. And it's so fun. It is so fun. And can I tell you, when you step out and you take a risk, he shows up. He shows up every time. He's so faithful. He's so, so faithful. Okay. So with this, um, I just wanted to touch on this this briefly. Um, I went through a real struggle a few years ago um, between condemnation and conviction. Because when you go out and you're on mission... Um, it can feel like, oh, I have, to, I have to pray for every person. I have to be there for every needy person. I have to, and it beca- can become very overwhelming and like you're, you've got this big weight on your shoulders. And, um, and I, I remember I was, I was living in California at the time and I was just walking down the street and, um, and I just felt this, I felt this voice say, I passed this woman and I felt this voice say, you should pray for her. And so I thought, oh, well, if I should pray for her, then I'll turn around and pray for her. And I went back, and, um, and this woman just like, I was just like, oh, can I pray for you? And she just like, she just swore at me, and she was like, get out of my face. And, and I turned back, and the same voice said, you shouldn't have prayed for her. And I just stopped in that moment, and I thought, oh, that should voice is not God. That, and, and then I started to notice just how in my everyday, I'd have this voice saying, you should be doing this, you shouldn't be doing that, you could have done this, should have, could have, would have, is not the voice of our God. That is not, that is the voice of condemnation that wants to get you down. And, and I, um, so I just had this revelation, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been listening to condemnation, I don't want to do that. And so I, um, and so I said, all right, God, I, I want to know conviction. I want to know the voice of conviction. And so I'm not going to pray for another person until um, out on the streets until I hear the voice of conviction. And it was like three months. It was like, and I was at ministry school and we're supposed to pray for people on the streets. So it was a bit awkward. And I was just like, oh, no, I'm just, just you know, I just need to wait for the Lord. And for three months, I had that voice going, you know, if you weren't doing this thing, then you could have prayed for that person. Oh, you should have prayed for that person. This is all, you're making it all about you. And it's just like this voice, could, should, would. Anyway, one day I was walking down the street on the way to the supermarket and I saw this homeless person just sitting, standing on the corner. And this voice just came into my head and it said, you get to pray for them. And it was just like conviction. 
and I and it was it was like this release and I just ran over to this person and I was just like oh my gosh I get to pray for you and I'm like do you need prayer for anything and I went and bought her some carrots it was a really weird choice but and it was like this this amazing moment of like I I get to pray for someone and that is the voice of conviction the voice of conviction involves, it doesn't exclude, it invites you in, it doesn't, it doesn't put up a wall and say, no, you're not good enough. And so I just want to um, release that over everyone here, just the voice of conviction. And where there's been condemnation in our mindsets that said we should, we could, we would, oh, I could have prayed for that person at work, forget it. Let's go with we get to, we get to partner with God, we get like that voice, the voice of conviction. And so um, I just am going to ask people, if you want this thing, do you want to stand up? Yeah. 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 Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, God, I just thank you that we are on mission. Yeah, Lord, I thank you so much that we get to, that we get to do this thing with you. We get to partner with you. Yes, God. God, I pray that you'd make us brave. I pray that you'd make us strong. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. I pray that when our heart is beating fast, that you would show up. Jesus, come and take all condemnation away right now from people's minds. Take it away right now. Should, could, would, you are not, you are not to be in anyone's mind in this room. Thank you that every person in this room is a bringer of hope. Thank you that every person in this room gets to be on your mission. Thank you that your spirit is upon all of them and that you've anointed them to bring the good news to the suffering, the afflicted. Thank you that you have sent us to announce liberty to the captives and open the eyes of the blind. Thank you that this work is easy and it's fun. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another life-giving message from one of our BBC speakers.